Welcome into the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. Welcome to the all-new Cougar Tailgate. We are getting back to what we do best, and that's talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what's coming up on the show today. We're going to chat about our favorite home openers. Former BYU football player Chad Lewis has a favorite, and it's not one he played in. Plus, we'll talk to Jerry Hill of Baylor's Athletic Department about a potential budding rivalry between the Bears and BYU. But first, BYU is back home, and why we love going to games at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. All right, Cleon, what was your first experience at Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Well, I was uh, I was 13 years old. I actually didn't grow up a college football fan. Actually, I was almost 13 years old. I wasn't quite 13. I didn't grow up a college football fan. I didn't cheer for anyone. We moved from Utah to Oregon, and it was the year that BYU won the national title. And one of my neighbors, actually, he was a BYU fan up in Oregon, Mm -hmm. and he put BYU number one on his roof in Christmas lights. (laughs) And so I'm like, huh, that's really interesting. For some reason, back in November of 1985, we traveled back down here to Utah, probably to visit family. As I said, I was almost 13. I remember coming to uh, the BYU game against Wyoming. BYU won 59 to nothing. In that game, I bought a T-shirt that said, here we go again. It had BYU schedule on it. And I was just sold on college football. It was so exciting to be at that game. And in my 13-year-old mind, I just thought, oh, my goodness, BYU won 59 to nothing. That's that's how they should win every single game. (laughs) Yeah, I learned a lot since then. But anyway, it was just so much fun to go to that game. And that's what, as I said, that's what really sold me on college football. By the way, a quick aside. I loved coming down here when I was a student, uh, not a student at BYU, but a student other places, coming down for Friday night general conference weekend to watch BYU, usually play Utah State, but mm-hmm. BYU play mm-hmm. uh, the Friday night football game. I always loved that. And uh, the other thing I loved about coming to, uh, I'm a big Star Wars fan, and coming to Lavelle Edwards Stadium the first time, then Cougar Stadium, and the band played the Imperial March. I'm like, oh, I love this. This is great. <laughs> so that, that that was my first experience and maybe some subsequent experiences there at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. This is better than Disneyland. I would love if BYU football won 59-0 every single game. Actually, no. <laughs> Actually, no, I wouldn't. No, would we, need some good, yeah. we need some good competition. We do. It would get a little boring. Uh, I remember my first experience. I was just a, a young girl. I was probably about 10 or 11. We'd watch, and which is funny because I grew up in Pleasant Grove, Utah. It's about 15 minutes outside of Provo. I had watched so many games on the TV with my mom and dad, but I don't remember. That was like my first memory of actually going to a game. It was really hot, so I'm pretty sure BYU was playing an FCS opponent because there were a million little kids there. You know how <laughs> with those FCS opponents, they yeah. let like all the little kids, people bring their families because it's a game that doesn't really matter very much. But uh, I loved it so much. Uh, ben Cahoon was the wide receiver. I remember hearing his name a lot. So we had a, a really funny story. So we had a Ben Cahoon in my ward growing up, and not the same Ben Cahoon, by the way, that was the right wide receiver. But he would have this guy in our ward come up to him every week after a BYU football game and be like, oh, good game. And and the guy, the Ben Cahoon in my ward, just went along with it. And I thought it was <laughs> the funniest thing in the world. No one explained to this other guy in my ward, or maybe they did and he didn't comprehend it. I don't know. Like, hey, this isn't the same guy. This isn't the same Ben Cahoon. That is a unique name, though, to have yeah, very another one up in Utah County. But the guy just totally owned it. My word, he's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, I did have a great game. But I rem- that's what I remember about that time, and I loved it. But I remember Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It just felt like home. Uh, my parents grew up in Provo, so they grew up big BYU fans. I always heard about BYU growing up. And so going to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, I was just like, this is where it at. This is the place, Cleon. That's how I felt. 
Let's talk about the best home openers in BYU history. Let's start with the most recent. 2021, BYU won 26-17 against the Utah Utes. Hall goes shotgun, takes off, throws for the end zone. It is caught in the end zone! Left side of the end zone, the former Ute, Samson Nakua, for the score! I think for me, Lauren, the most satisfying about that game was just relief. The losing streak to the University of Utah was over nine games BYU had played against the University of Utah, and it was finally over. I, I, I'm not sure this is my favorite one, but I would have to say it's just one of relief where I'm just like, mm. thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. It wasn't the greatest game in BYU history, but thank you that it's that the streak is over. It has, yes, it has to be up at the top because. BYU had lost nine in a row. And what I really loved about last year's game, Cleon, is most of the games against BYU and Utah are very close. They come down a lot of times to the very last play. This one was not like that. BYU, it was a, I mean, it was a good game, but BYU had it in hand. They controlled the game the entire time, and so you weren't, like, on the edge of your seat. You were. You were on the edge of I was going to say, I always, expect, can happen. Yeah. I always expect Utah to make Absolutely. a comeback even when BYU's out. Absolutely. Anything can happen. But I just love BYU kept a, a, a nice little cushion the entire game. They came out on top, and, man, it just, like you said, it was a relief. I loved it. Let's go to 2015. BYU 35, Boise State 24. Pressure from behind. Mangum flips it into the end zone. We've seen this before. Touchdown, BYU. And that's where Mitchell Jurgens caught a touchdown pass to put BYU up with. I want to say it was about a minute left in the game. Here's what here's what Mitch had to say, Mitch Jurgens had to say about that game-winning catch. I, I honestly didn't think the ball was coming to me. I've, I've kind of talked about this. And, and so when, when Tanner lobbed it up to me, I just knew I had to make a play. And when I jumped up and caught it and then came down, it took me until I was on the ground to realize, hey, I still had the ball in my hand. I caught it. And I think we just went up. And so um, that was just pure elation. So a fun fact here, Boise State had won four of the five games against BYU coming into this matchup. And I just remember thinking, I can't believe this happened two weeks in a row because there was the Hail Mary at Nebraska the week before. And basically this was a Hail Mary to win the game. BYU was in their all-whites that game. I can't forget that. not my favorite look, actually. I know some people really like the All-Whites. I'm not a big fan of the All-Whites, but it was still memorable to see that. That's that's how I remember that game is the All-Whites, the Hail Mary, and then it's mem- memorialized in the BYU bookstore. So, yeah, I'm old. I call it the bookstore store. Uh, they call it the star man. Mitchell Jurgens. do you remember he pops up and does the star move? <laughs> yeah. uh, I was on the sideline for that game. And there was just magic in the air. Coming off of that Nebraska Hail Mary, another Hail Mary from Tanner Mangum to Mitchell Jurgens. We're like, is this guy for real? We were just thinking Tanner Mangum was it at that moment. You know, that was it was just so much fun to be at that game. So I loved that one. Uh, let's go to 1996. BYU beat Texas A&M 41-37. to Yeah, former BYU tight end Chad Lewis says the team was fired up coming into this game because – they didn't go to, go to a bowl game the year before. We were ticked that we didn't go to a bowl game. We had seven wins, so six wins is bowl eligible. We had seven. Let's go. And the fact that BYU chose not to that year, it hurt us. And it went deep, and we were fired up. We had a very explosive team, a lot of talent, a lot of competition in every practice. We couldn't wait to unleash on that first game. And the fact that it was Texas A&M, someone that – 
we had some real payback there with what happened before. Ty Dipper injured both shoulders in the Holiday Bowl. We were pumped. I mean, we saw a little video the night before, and Ty Detmer from his Eagles training camp was talking to us, saying, hey, you know I don't have a lot of respect for these guys. Go get them. You know, let's, it's time. Like, they're not going to give you a lot of respect. Don't give them any. It's time to, time to fight. And I'll never forget him talking to our team through that video and just looking at each other like, it is our time. Let's go. Like, I can still feel it today. What are your lasting memories from that game? Uh, Steve Sarkeesian throwing a perfect pass in man-to-man coverage to KO to win the game. Deep ball, yeah! Touchdown, BYU leads! Levi Kealaluhi, the KO punch! And it was a route, it was a, it was a play that we, it was one of our staples. I felt like I was, uh, I ran a route that typically um, Steve would just hose me on, like no problem catch it first down move the chains and when I turned around and looked and the ball went over my head I knew something good was happening he picked KO quick and he saw that they were in man-to-man so he made a pre pre pre-snap decision he that's where he was going all the way and he threw a perfect pass KO uh which he was uh he was so comfortable doing making big plays and big games he made the catch, ran it in for a touchdown, slid, slid on his backside and looked up into the sky like, did this really just happen? And it did. And then our defense caused a fumble on the next possession with a few seconds left, sealed the game. Fans stormed the field. That's always good in football when fans storm the field. And that's what happened. We started the year with a, with a you know, a stadium clearing, stormed the field, party and it was so good (laughs) what did you do after they stormed the field or what kind of what happened to you after the game went final I I started heading for the locker room like well I guess we're gonna head for the locker room and then I was like I'm not going to the locker room I'm gonna party and so we kind of just did a u-turn and stayed on the field as long as we could and just I remember being so tired at the end of that game it was a very hot morning and I was dehydrated and I was cramping as everyone was storming the field and so I actually couldn't wait to get into the locker room but I I delayed it because I just wanted to have some fun with everyone it was cool thanks to ABC and ESPN for the last couple of highlights I was at the game as a student <laughs> uh, I sat in the north end zone the game-winning TD was in the south end zone, so it was going away from me. But it was still amazing to see that. And then uh, I was a janitor, so I ended up cleaning out the stadium <laughs> after the game was all over with. So those are my lasting memories what of that, that game. What was that experience like Well, let me tell you about game. all the stuff that BYU fans left wow. in the stands. I don't think I want to know. Chad Lewis is one of the best guys ever. I could listen to that guy talk all day. He, he just gives me hyped. He gets me hyped for BYU football. What a good guy. I love it. Uh, he mentioned Ty Detmer, so we're going to go to one of his games. 1990, BYU beats number one Miami 28-21. to How can you forget it? Detmer looking, looking, lots of time. Well, he's still scrambling. He's gonna, now he throws it. Touchdown! What a play by Ty Detmer. So I think when I, when I asked Chad Lewis, what is your favorite BYU home opener? And I thought he was going to go with that 1996 right. game. And he said... Oh, that 1990 game between BYU and Miami. And I said, really? And he goes, yeah, because I was a fan 
and I was in the stands watching the game, and it was like, he told me like a month or two before he uh, went on his LDS mission, and he said, I just remember being there, and that just got me so excited for BYU football for when I was going to come home from my mission. So hmm. that was his vote. Me, personally— So he was already committed to go to BYU at that I, time. I believe he yeah. was. Anyway, so that's what pumped him up. He grew up here in Orem, and so that's what pumped him up. Me, myself, yes, I'm old. I was actually watching the game from my, home, my parents' home in Oregon on ESPN. I— Remember celebrating, and I was so happy. And we also had a, a steak dance that night. Oh, and I remember man. going to the dance that night and dancing. And but all I could talk about was the BYU football game that N- night. Not a better way to celebrate than going to a steak <laughs> dance after. So glorious. How can you not remember that game in 1990 if you were old enough to remember it? Oh, thanks a lot, That Lauren. was the year. <laughs> wow, if you're old hey, enough to I, remember half it. Half the people listening now were, and it's awesome. That was the year. Uh, Ty Detmer won the Heisman Trophy. So just a glorious, glorious season for BYU. couple of honorable mentions. Let's get to this. 2013, BYU beats Texas 40-21. to That's when Taysom Hill runs for 259 yards and three touchdowns. This was one of my favorite games because I just knew Taysom Hill was special, but it was really those games against Texas that just put the stamp on it. it. It put the seal on it. Like Taysom Hill is a special player. Uh, 2001 was special for me. Uh, BYU beat Tulane 70 to 35. Gary Croton's first game, my first game on the BYU broadcast. So it was a lot of fun. Even though the game lasted forever, it lasted, I swear, four hours because of because no one played defense in that game. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs defense when you got good offense? Exactly. Uh, 1999, BYU beat Washington 35-28. to Chris Hale catches the game-winning pass from Kevin Federick. You know why that game means something to me? I actually interviewed uh, Chris Hale uh, a couple of years after that because his dad used to be the athletic director at BYU, and then he was let go. But Chris was still an athlete. And so I talked to him about that game-winning touchdown, what that meant for him, and then also what it was like still playing for BYU even though his dad wasn't there anymore. Mm. So that one always has a special cool. – it, it's special for me because I remember not only that game but a few years later when I got to interview Chris about about that experience, about winning the game and what it was like being at BYU now that his dad wasn't here anymore. Mm, I love that. That is special. And then let's do – Arguably the best season in BYU history, 1984. BYU beats Baylor 47-13 to in the national championship season. I don't remember anything about that game. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't born. Yeah. But uh, I'm oh, sure wow. it was glorious. Oh, wow. And there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Up next, Baylor Athletics Director of Sports Journalism Jerry Hill joins us to talk his thoughts on the Big 12 matchup of the year. This is Cougar Tailgate. Welcome back to Cougar Tailgate. I'm Lauren McLean alongside Cleon Wall. He's been at Baylor Athletics for 14 years and is the director of sports journalism, and he's about to drop some serious Baylor Bears knowledge. Joining us now is Jerry Hill. Thanks for coming on, Jerry. Thank you. Appreciate it. So I really loved the welcome that uh, Cougar fans received last year from Baylor. Is that, man, it just, it really was just so fun to watch and such a warm welcome is that something that Baylor fans always do, or was it just because they knew BYU was entering the Big 12? Um, I think it was very intentional. I will say um, it they're not always that welcoming to visitors. <laughs> like Particular ones kind of get under their uh, collar. Uh, TCU is one in particular. <laughs> 
um, A and M back in the back in the day, and, and certainly Texas. But uh, yeah, TCU. There's a little bit of a bitter rivalry there. But yeah, I think with BYU, uh, you know, even around the community and stuff, I think there was very much an intentionality to hey, let's let's make sure we feel make these guys feel welcome. We want to welcome to Texas. We want to welcome to the Big 12. So I, I do think it was intentional, but I, I don't see any reason why, you know, I, I maybe it will develop into more of a heated rivalry or whatever. But I, I think for the most part, this should be, you know, more of a friendly rivalry, I, w- I would say. Are, are Baylor fans ready for regular trips west of Lubbock, Texas, which right now is your closest uh, or is your, your closest Western rival out to the West, out right. at Texas Tech? Are they ready to to come up to uh, Provo and play it? You know, every other year, and then or possibly every other year, and then also play in the snow. Yeah, I, I think fans in particular are excited about it. Honestly, I know they're excited about you know even playing them this year. So you know, I, I think uh, yeah, I think that I think the team itself. But certainly the fans, I think this will be kind of one of those really good trips that you look forward to. Um, you know, Morgantown, not so much, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I think, uh, and, and you know, the trip out west, I mean, Colorado used to be uh, in the Big 12. So, you know, we've played them plenty of times, Mountain Zone. So, you know, I don't think that's as big a deal. And certainly Baylor has played its share of west coast games through the years but yeah i think like i said i think particularly for the fans they will really look forward to this trip and obviously a number of the coaches uh came from byu including jeff grimes have you heard them talk about what provo or byu was like before yeah absolutely and i know i know him and coach mateos both they really i I know they really enjoyed their time in provo and, and there and and, uh, you know, obviously had some success there uh, with with the offense and stuff. So, yeah, and they, they speak very highly of, of their time at Provo and with the BYU program. What, what impact has Jeff Grimes had on this Baylor program? I know it's only been one season, but, man, they really improved from 2-7 and seven to 12-2. and two. Yeah, it was dramatic, obviously. I mean, uh, for whatever reason, it just didn't work with uh, Larry Fedora the year before. That was Coach Aranda's uh, offensive coordinator his first year. And and obviously there were a lot of reasons behind that with COVID and, and not having a, a spring ball with a new coach and all that. But uh, Coach Grimes, Coach Mateos, and, and some other changes as well, um, they just made a huge difference. Uh, you know, the offense went from just not very good to I think one of the you know, better kind of balanced offenses in the country. You mentioned uh, head coach Dave Aranda. He won a national championship with LSU, comes to Baylor, goes 2-7 and seven his first year, then to a 12-2 record, a conference championship, and a Sugar Bowl victory. From your perspective, how was he able to turn things around so quickly? I know you mentioned the offense and Jeff Grimes, but how else was he able to do that? Yeah, and I think a big part of it, too, was just, you know, having uh, – you know, it, it helped – having that two and seven season under their belt, believe it or not. But I think it helped having a spring uh, and just a full year with these guys and, you know, and them starting to buy into his whole philosophy and just kind of believing in coach Aranda. And, and honestly, there, there was a lot of talent on that team. And even, you know, even in 2020, 
there was a lot of talent on that football team and just, you know, couldn't put it together. But again, it was a, it was a first year head coach, first time head coach with no spring ball and just, you know, didn't really have time to, to get it together. He had had zoom meetings, you know, until they were able to get together, I guess, uh, maybe late July, 1st of August. So, um, yeah, I mean, you could kind of see that they had some pieces and, and if I remember right, I think they had like four or five, one score games that year and pretty much lost them all. Uh, well, they won one, they won at, or won a game against K-State, but that was it. So, um, yeah, I, I think you kind of saw it different times, even during that 2020 season that this team, you know, could be something. And, and then I think as much as the offense, the defense made huge strides to Ron Roberts second year. And I think that paid dividends that, that there was some, you know, continuity on that side. And those guys in that second year in the system made a huge jump uh, and, you know, had three guys drafted in the first three rounds off of that defense. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like I said, I think you could kind of see the pieces. I don't know that anybody predicted 12 and two though. Yeah, I think you have to look at where the program was before he came in. Um, you know, like I said, it was it was down and out. Uh, you know, there were a lot of people that thought um, the private schools had had some decent runs before that, and that includes, you know, Rice, SMU, TCU. Uh, this was back in the Southwest Conference days. And a lot of people thought the private schools were just kind of dying out. And, and uh, you know, I, I think it was Texas Monthly even that had like uh, – a picture on its cover of a coffin with all the private schools in it, you know? So that was, that was kind of what, what he walked into. And, and there were like, I don't remember how far down the list that he was. Um, but actually a guy named Rudy Feldman, uh, who had been the coach at New Mexico, he took it for a day and turned, turned around and left the next day. He literally had the job for a day. And I guess he took a look at it and decided, nah, I think I'm better back in New Mexico. So that's what Grant was walking into. Um, but yeah, and I think just the fact that he's stuck around too, he's, you know, he's still in Waco. He brought the uh, AFCA offices here, the American Football Coaches Association, when he, uh, when he retired and then he spent one year as the athletic director. And then he was the executive director of the AFCA for, you know, I want to say more than 20 years, 25 years. So I think the fact that he's still here and, and, and again, people recognize where it was before him and then what he was able to do in his 21 seasons. It's mentioned in your bio on Baylor's website that you love getting to know the stories of the athletes. What's one of your favorite stories about one of the football players for this year? Yeah, I think uh, probably Dylan Doyle is one of my favorite players on this team. Um, you know, he's a transfer from Iowa, um, you know, grew up in Iowa. His dad was the longtime strength coach there. Uh, and after his second year at Iowa, he had redshirted a year and then he transferred here and got here, you know, really late, like late August of that first year, 2020 with Coach Aranda. And, you know, and obviously he's, he's been, he started every game since he's been here. So he's made a big impact. And now I think he's going to make an even bigger impact because he's he's the he's the defensive leader. I think um, he's the guy that everybody's going to listen to. He's the middle linebacker. He's going to be calling a lot of the plays and and really kind of you know the ringleader over there. 
Uh, and he's just sharp. I mean, he was up at media day, a big 12 media day and, and just really kind of blew everybody away. He was, um, you know, how eloquent he was and just how, I guess maybe how comfortable he was too. So Dylan's just kind of a fun one to be around. And, um, you know, I, I, I get to know some of the players, you know, kind of on a, you know, personal basis. And he's one of them in particular that I've really gotten, uh, gotten to know over the over these last two and a half years you mentioned that uh Baylor doesn't particularly like TCU (laughs) and some of the other teams there let's put it mildly yeah yeah we're just being nice it's vice versa too (laughs) (laughs) and I love that right that's what makes college football fun with BYU entering the Big 12 what would you say is one of the number one things that they should know coming into this thing yeah, um, you know, I, I think they're coming into a really good league. I mean, I, I know they're, you know, the league is losing two of its, you know, kind of name brand programs with Texas and Oklahoma. But then I think when you look at the ones coming in, including BYU, but with, you know, with Cincinnati, with Houston, uh, with UCF, I, I think uh, I think this is going to be certainly one of the most competitive leagues. But uh, I, I think it's a fun league, too. Um, you know, an interesting, uh, you know, kind of footprint all over the place. Um, but I, I think it'll be fun. I, I, you know, you go from, you know, Florida to uh, West Virginia, out to Utah. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a really fun league. And, um, you know, as far as what to know about, you know, different programs and stuff, be careful when you go to Lubbock. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you guys have talked to them yet, but uh, the, the students in particular can be really rough there. That's a and they throw tortillas on the field. So uh, there that's an interesting place, Lubbock. Um, so that's that's always and, and it was kind of nice. Baylor had a uh, series with them that we played in the Dallas area for like 10 years, maybe longer. Uh, most of it uh, being at AT&T Stadium. But actually, one of the games was at the, you know, the old classic Cotton Bowl. So um, that was fun. And, and plus, you didn't have to go to Lubbock every two years. So, um, but yeah, I mean, there's all the places are fun to go to Oklahoma state's another one that man, that the fans are right, literally right on top of you. Um, and, and they bang these like plastic, uh, um, sticks or whatever, you know, the blow up sticks and they pound that on the side of the stadium there and it's right at the uh, visitor's bench so again another fun place to go to in Stillwater Oklahoma oh I love it well I can't wait and thank you so much for coming on with us we're talking to Jerry Hill he's the director of sports journalism for the Baylor Bears and thank you so much for taking the time with us guys I appreciate it look forward to seeing all y'all and that does it for us today thanks again to Jerry Hill for coming on the show with us you can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.